The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. the bush parents have a lot to worry about a lot on our plates you know we love our kids we want the best for our kids but while we also don't want to you know worry ourselves to death it's also really important to be aware of the dangers that exist out there and you know growing up Brooke and Knowles remember the commercial hey Mikey you like try some of this <laughs> yeah <laughs> or yes this is your brain. This is your brain on brain drugs. On drugs. <laughs> it has like the sizzling egg in the frying pan. Yeah. 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 We were surrounded by all those commercials. It was really eye-opening. It got our attention. And, you know, I remember cigarettes also being a thing, you know, back in the days when we were growing up and thinking that, you know, kids who did it were really cool. Well, today it is vaping that we are being warned about. And instead of smoking, you're inhaling a vapor. Most of them are flavored, which is why it appeals so much to young kids. And many of who are vaping while even at school on campus, it's pretty shocking. It's happening right here in Hawaii. You know, as we've learned through the statistics and the research done over time, vaping is definitely not healthy. It leads to long-term effects on your lungs. And they're also addicting too, we've learned. So Noli and Brooke, you know, you have tweens uh, and teens growing up right now, and you're probably aware of the situation happening. You know, what have you guys heard about vaping? Go ahead, Brooke. Yeah, I, you know, I hear a little bit of it. I know it's around, I know it's on campuses. Um, I think it's a similar type of peer pressure or even a coolness factor from when we were growing up. Um, which gosh feels like a long time ago now <laughs> but um, I think one of the biggest you know concerns or fears I have is how small and discreet I think some of the vaping I don't even know what you call them tools or things you can vape with are you know they're super discreet um, the smell isn't the strong like smoky cigarette type smell like we used to have so the evidence isn't as as um, you know it's not as it's not as it doesn't stand out as much as it used to. So I, yeah, I think it's, it's really easy and that makes me concerned how easy it is to just even hide it. What about you, Noli? What do you think? Um, you know, like uh, they're the age where it's very uh, social peer pressure and um, just the, uh, what, what I'm scared of and many parents maybe agree out there is kids getting addicted to something that's not healthy for them. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like vaping is not. So um, I'm excited to hear more about what this is and what teens, the point of view of teens nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, kids are, are young and they're growing up and they're all about trying new things and then they're all about wanting to fit in. And so that's what worries me most about as a parent is just that, that factor, how easy it is to lure them in. And I can't believe that not, not much is more is being done about that. So, you know, 
here to give us a firsthand account of what is really happening on schools and what it's really like with vaping among students on campus. And they've also taken an active approach in even trying to ban them with our lawmakers. Please welcome Nakia Talia Farrow, a senior at Moanalua High School, and Logan Lau, a junior at Kamehameha Schools, Kapa Lama. Welcome to Mothership, Hello. Nakia and Logan. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for being here. And you are both teens, part of the Youth Council of the Coalition for a Tobacco-Free Hawaii as well. Can you tell us all about that? The Youth Council is basically a group of teens across um, the Hawaiian Islands. And our main goal is to make sure that e-cigarettes specifically stay out of the hands of youth so that we can ensure that our community and our future is safe. Mm -hmm. And Logan, why did you join the coalition? I think primarily for me, it was because I saw a problem in our community, um, in just teens in general in Hawaii, especially um, at my school as well. And I thought that it'd be, it's it's a really um, important uh, issue to fight for. And I thought that the, um, the banning of flavors, which is what the Youth Council primarily advocates for, would be um, a sufficient way to combat this crisis. Yeah, you know what, props to both of you guys for even being at the forefront of this problem out there. Uh, you know, last year we spoke to several students over at Sacred Hearts who did some research as well, and they even met with the governor. They met one-on-one -on -one with the governor. They presented uh, their research, the statistics, showing just how unhealthy that was. And they were really crushed because they walked away and nothing was done. And now here we are in 2021, and I've come to find out that none of the bills that would have banned flavored e-cigarettes actually made it through this session. So unfortunately, for all of our listeners out there to update you guys on the efforts, uh, e-cigarette flavors targeted at kids will still be on the market for the foreseeable future. That means it's now more important than ever for parents to know what to look for. So we're gonna to turn to Nikia and Logan. Can you please share with all of our listeners out there who are parents or, or some people even your age, what do you need to be aware of? What are the signs that maybe even your kids are doing this or that their peers are doing this? I think an important thing to look out for is a child that is really secretive with their personal things. I know that a lot of kids just here are being exposed to these products just in general. So I think it's always important to have that open dialogue with every kid, even if you're not assuming that these e-cigarettes are in, they're in possession of them. Um, just because every teen, I'm sure Logan, even though neither of us are using e-cigarettes, have come in close contact with these tobacco products. So I think that it's really important for parents in general to just have that open conversation with how e-cigarettes are dangerous, how they are not safer than tobacco products, how they are exactly the same as other cigarettes and can in fact be a lot more dangerous and how there's not a lot of research with e-cigarettes. So we're not sure about the long-term effects and how this isn't something that we should get addicted to early on because that can really affect us later on. And I think that's an important conversation for every parent to have even if they're not assuming that their child is it, uh, using e-cigarettes directly, because I'm sure that every teenager will eventually become a, come in a contact with the situation where they're offered an e-cigarette or they go into the bathroom and they see someone who's vaping um, or they're having that dialogue in class with other students. 
So I think that it's really important that we start now by just having that open conversation with our teens and telling them about what e-cigarettes are and the dangers behind them. So um, Logan, how big of a problem is it at schools or even that you're aware of? What are you seeing? Absolutely. So it's a it's a very, very widespread problem, especially here in Hawaii. I believe um, Hawaii ranks among the highest of teen um, um, tobacco and uh, vape users in um, specifically Hawaii in the nation. And it's really a widespread problem. And I think it's partially because um, like you uh, mentioned before, it's it's a very small device and it can be hidden in practically um, any bag and it can be taken out and it can be slipped slipped away without really anyone seeing it. So um, like Nakaya said, I think parents should be very open with their children, but um, if that's not the case, then it'd be very, very um, difficult to um, catch these things. And especially early on when, when it's most important, when, when it's most crucial before um, a nicotine, a nicotine um, addiction uh, takes root or before um, they start transitioning into um, other tobacco products. And uh, Nakaya and Logan, is, are, is the, are some of the, uh, I guess the uh, accessories, is it always smokeless or always, are there smokeless varieties? So you can, can't see if they're smoking or not, or do all of them produce that big cloud of smoke when they're using? Well, I wouldn't say that any of them are smokeless because when specifically talking about e-cigarettes, we are talking about the pods that produce vapor. So there are is a, a cloud of smoke, but I wouldn't say that it's always something that's really obvious. And that's why so many teens are able to get away with that stuff um, in school um, because unlike tobacco or cigarettes, um, you're not getting that strong like tobacco smell there. You're getting like flavors, especially if a teen is using that. So instead of trying to look out for like a strong like cigarette flavor, you're looking out for fruity flavors, you're looking out for artificial things, which can be the same thing as getting another food product or a candy. So I think that while it's not the most discreet object to use, it is a lot more covered up in comparison to using a cigarette. And then I also kind of wanted to add on a little bit to that as um, there are odorless vapes as well. So um, this can, this just adds on a, a whole nother concealment factor where you wouldn't be able to tell um, visually because it'd be so tiny and by smell as well, which would be your second sense in usually detecting these types of, um, these types of things. But. So, I mean, of course we're virtual now with, uh, you know, learning and on campus. So maybe peer pressure isn't as easy to come by, but was that a factor? I mean, was it noticeable, the whole peer pressure, pressure factor? Uh, were you folks ever approached or, or pressured into trying it? Um, you know, what, what does it look like from that point of view? Um, absolutely. I think it's really inevitable nowadays. Um, as young as seventh grade, and I've heard even younger, um, they, you will be approached at I, I can guarantee it at some point. And um, I mean, obviously you have a choice to make, but um, there is definitely lots of peer pressure surrounding um, this issue. And it's kind of why it's become so widespread um, and it's become really easily accessible. Um, there's always people who are willing to sell it to you um, and for pretty good prices. So it is it can get around very quickly throughout a school. 
why do you guys think it's so widespread in Hawaii specifically? I know you said we rank kind of pretty high up there nationally. Why do you get, what do you guys think that is? Well, looking at the history of the tobacco industry, um, they do have, um, they've had a past of targeting specific groups of people, specifically mm -hmm. in Hawaii, Native Hawaiians, um, specifically with menthol. Um, and the tobacco industry has been the data, like there's been like news showing that the tobacco industry has given out things such as tobacco products to get these specific and vulnerable groups hooked to these products. So I think that one of the things that um, uh, the tobacco industry has really been doing for Hawaii is really selling that to us and putting aloha on their boxes and trying to sell the Hawaiian dream with a tobacco product. And one of the things that they've been doing in Hawaii specifically with e-cigarettes is flavors and doing a lot of flavors that are specific to Hawaii, like Monodu and Pog and things that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. Um, and I think that that's why it's allowed for so many youth to get hooked onto these flavors because they are really things that are unique. They are things that were targeted specifically for Hawaiian teens. So I think when looking at the tobacco industry and why they've been so good at uh, targeting our specific groups, it's because they spend millions and millions of dollars every single hour um, making sure that people are getting marketed to. Um, and I believe that tobacco industry spends it's, it's, I think it's, I believe it's almost a year of feeding every single resident here on island of Oahu um, every single year. Um, so they spend millions of dollars just making sure that these products are coming to the hands of youth and just our general community. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's such a shame. And, you know, I mean, I'm looking at statistics here, um, apparently basing it on research done in 2019 and looking at numbers at 2015. And I guess it's been dating back since 2015, you know, and the, the numbers keep on getting higher and higher in terms of how many kids are getting hooked on this. And unfortunately, it's more prevalent on the neighbor islands, apparently, is what we're seeing here. Um, and, you know, just to add to your whole flavor thing and to all the parents and, and, and people listening, it really is shocking. I mean, when the students at Sacred Hearts presented their information to us, they brought over samples. And one was like a Fruit Loop flavor. And like you smell these things and it like brings back childhood memories of what we grew up with, but like shave ice flavors. Like it's mimicking all those comfort, you know, food flavors that we're so used to as kids. And what kid would turn that away? I mean, every single kid out there loves sweets. You know that, right, guys? I mean, that is why, I mean, I'm not trying to overreact here, but I'm just kind of like sounding the alarm that just how easy, I mean, we can't say this enough. We're not exaggerating, but just how easy it is for these kids to get hooked. And it, it really is kind of mind boggling. Do you guys have any insight as to why the bills banning flavored vaping products was not moved any further ahead, why it just kind of stalled? I think for this legislative session, they had um, priority over the budget this year. And I think that that's why a lot of the very important bills um, just for this session weren't really at the forefront. Um, one thing that did happen this year was that they 
passed, they moved funding from the tobacco trust fund over to the general fund to try and balance the budget, which can't even be done this year because of contractual obligations. But I think because they were so desperate just to continue making sure that Hawaii's economy stays afloat, um, they weren't really willing to put a lot of energy into tobacco bills this year, which really is disappointing as far as the health of Hawaii. Um, but I believe that's probably why, one of the biggest reasons why legislators really weren't pushing for tobacco this year. Yeah, so apparently that's the Tobacco Prevention and Control Trust Fund, and it was a dedicated fund set up over 20 years ago, and only now uh, they took away all those funds that are used in these prevention programs, you know, to spread awareness and also to prevent addiction and things like that. They took all of that away to balance the budget, as, as you, Nakia, said. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we did go through a very unique time, uh, you know, in Hawaii and the world. And so I guess we are trying to recover from the negative impacts of the pandemic. But wow, I mean, just to see this area here, you know, and we, we're trying to protect our, our children. But um, another new development is that I guess at the end of April, um, the Biden administration, they committed to banning all menthol cigarettes. Um, but I guess that's not going to happen uh, until maybe about like three years down the line or, or something. Uh, we're a long ways away from that. But uh, I guess Nakia and Logan, um, what, what do you have to say to any kids who are doing it right now and cannot stop and maybe they're too embarrassed to say that they did do it because of peer pressure? Anything you'd like to say to them? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, first of all, uh, the sooner the better, obviously. Um, the sooner you catch this this type of issue, the more likely or the less likely it'll lead into some sort of larger um, overarching addiction. But I think as for peer pressure and as for like if you're embarrassed about reaching out, there's always ways to do it. Um, I guess to get help um, anonymously there, you can reach out to the Coalition to, for a Tobacco-Free Youth Council. Um, and there are um, Hawaii Pacific Health Institute, as well as um, TechsQuit, there's the Tobacco Hotline. There's all types of resources um, to use. And I think um, taking advantage of those, especially if you don't feel comfortable um, expressing those those issues with your parents or things like that, or with your friends at school, then I think that would be um, your best bet at stopping at stopping um, or quitting. What about you, Nakia? Yeah, I think it's something not to be ashamed of. Um, recognizing that the tobacco industry is working exactly as it should, and that these people, rather than just being immature and making a mistake, are victims in a crime of targeting um, and that this is something that we need to recognize as the tobacco industry targeting these kids specifically or just our community specifically um, and really taking the blame off of these people that happen to get addicted and just work on finding support for these people work on finding programs for these people and as Logan said there are tons of resources out here a lot of them being confidential that allow for kids to be able to get help um, even if they're not willing to come out and say that um, and even if they are, that's something that you should be proud of. And that's something that you should be like really proud that you're able to say that you're willing to get off tobacco. And I think that if you make that clear that this is a mistake on, um, this is a mistake and you want to get better, there are going to be people that are going to be there to support you in that movement. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think that the kids who are doing it are really aware and cognizant of the negative 
effects that it could have on their health? Do you think they really know about that? But they just continue to do it or? I think it's kind of a mixed bowl. I think that a lot of kids are partially aware of the harmful effects of tobacco, but the tobacco industry has been so, um, lack of better words, clever in marketing and saying that e-cigarettes, they're just vapor and they're just water and they're just artificial flavors and they're not as harmful as cigarettes. And I think that that marketing has been really effective in convincing children that this isn't something that as is as bad as a lot of us want to see it is. Um, and I think it is really clear seeing that um, it being so commendable that a youth is talking about tobacco products, that it isn't really something that is cool to speak about. And I think that that really exposes the fact that it's not really cool right now to be outspoken about tobacco. And I think one of those reasons is because we don't know the long-term effects. And it is really hard to prove to youth that this is something that is dangerous and this is something that is going to affect you in the long term if we don't really have enough studies to show them that in the same way that we do for cigarettes. Have either of you guys actually seen a person's health deteriorate as a result of vaping? Absolutely. I actually have had a close family friend, um, one that you used to vape um, all the time, kind of throughout high school, but it developed, um, as many do, into a larger um, nicotine addiction. And of course, this leads to cigarettes and then later even drugs. And um, after going to college, he actually dropped out um, within his first semester because of his addiction and um, since then has not gone back. So it's really hard to see um, just kids with so much potential um, just become ruined by this addiction, which could have been really easily preventable in the first place. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Do your, yeah. Do your um, school administrations help to deter this type of um, behavior or does it depend on school to school? It definitely depends um, upon school to school. But as for um, our school, we do have um, like a program for this as well. Um, and I believe that they've done a decent job at kind of assisting kids or uh, and students throughout this process. Um, I I do believe that there's a certain there's like a certain strike system, like a certain number of times, obviously, then um, the student would be released. But I think they are very lenient um, on um, punishing kids rather than or instead of um, or sorry, um, reteaching and kind of getting kids help instead of um, punishing them. Uh, Noli and Brooke, is it pretty strict um, at your child's school? I believe it. I, I believe it is. I think it's similar where there's um, a strike. I think system where where you. Um, I, I'm assuming you have uh, you get caught, and I think you can get put on um, mm -hmm. some kind of probation type. You know, like behavioral type probation and those kind of things. So there's a system in place, um, but I. I do know that there have been kids who have been released um, because of it. And it's, and it's based on multiple things, but it's vaping is involved or was involved of, of the cases that I knew about. So Nikia yeah. and Logan, I mean, um, what, what more needs to be done? Because, you know, in the beginning when vaping was first introduced, yes, there was that misinformation and maybe it was the part of the marketing efforts, but it was put out there and made to seem that vaping wasn't as harmful as tobacco. 
Um, then we've seen some commercials here and there and, and even locally produced commercials with, you know, don't try vaping. And on the news here, I can say that we've done several news stories about even showing young people suffering the effects. And it's really heartbreaking. I mean, in one, we saw a girl who was gasping for air and she's in the hospital, but she had asthma before. So I guess it affects people differently. But what, so with that said, what more needs to be done to get the message out there if everything that we have done so far isn't working? Definitely think that the biggest thing that we can do right now as a community is contacting our legislators and letting them know that regulating and taxing e-cigarettes like other tobacco products is something that's important to our community and something that should be put in the priority just the same that they did with a COVID budget and just our city budget in general. And that this is something that our community is um, certain that it wants to move forward with. And that this is something that we're doing to protect our children and to protect our community overall. Um, and that legislators should really put this at their forefront, put this as their priority to continue making sure that our community stays safe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, youth are over five times more likely to be diagnosed with COVID-19 if they are already vaping. And I think that's just kind of a big statistic that or that kind of shows that we should be prioritizing this issue. And I think, like Nakaya said, um, pushing like our, our legislators to act upon this, especially the, um, the sale or the online sale of e-cigarettes where so many teens can easily get it with uh, very minimal identification and really um, anything. The ban of flavors would also, and flavors and then also menthol would also be a huge win for the, um, um, for the against the the sale of uh, e-cigarettes as well as um, vapes but I believe that um, again awareness too is also a big issue or is also a big um, um, big way to help and I think those are the main things. I, I'm curious too if you guys have any ideas you know how do we any any way to get kind of address that the coolness factor of it right um you know, because I think education makes a lot of sense and, and contacting the legislature and also making it more difficult, but there's still going to be that, that coolness and, you know, how, do, what are, what are some ways that, um, you know, people listening and all of us, we can just support um, trying to address that, right? Changing that, that it's actually cool to not do it. You know, the cool people don't do it and, and to stand up for that. How do, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I think being more willing as a parent to have an open dialogue with your child, because I think when um, parents sometimes approach this conversation, um, it feels really aggressive as a teenager um, looking at, oh, my parent just doesn't want me to do this because um, they don't want me to, like, they want me to be lame, like, they don't want me to be cool, all these other things. And I think it really depends on the way that you're approaching the conversation. I mean, I think if you're more willing to have an open dialogue with your kid and go, hey, if you are using these products, you can come to me about that and we can work on trying to not use these products anymore. And this is why I don't want you personally to be using these products. Instead of coming so aggressive, like I can't believe you're using these things, like you're grounded for a month, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, doing all of those things comes off really aggressive for a child and honestly makes them want to rebel and continue doing those things more. Um, but I think if you really approach the conversation with love and compassion and understanding and understand that 
youth um, are more likely to try a lot of these things because they are in a setting where they're going to experience a lot of peer pressure and really trying to understand their point of view and why they come to use these products and find a productive way to really work with them, especially uh, to come off these products. I think it can really reduce the amount of um, teens that really have a lot of resistance when um, their parents come to them and approach them about the drug topic. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. <laughs> really good advice. And remembering that we were we were teens once too, so we should understand, right? Um, and coming from that place. What what about you, Logan? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I definitely agree with Nakaya, but as for the cool factor, I definitely think that um, one way to kind of combat this and combat this peer pressure altogether is just the awareness of the dangers of it. Um, I think the more dangerous or the the more dangerous that we make it out to be and the the more we find out about it, um, I think the less cool it will seem to be actually um, um, engaging in these activities or um, actually, or to continue vaping. Um, I definitely think that the peer pressure side of it would uh, kind of dissipate once these, once more people and more teens are aware of the basically the dangers and what they're doing to their bodies and what they're putting into their bodies. I think uh, that's one of the primary ways to fight this this cool factor, as you say. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if also like just getting some influencers, you know, on social media too to get behind some big campaigns. And I know that that's a big influence, right, for a lot of youth. I, I mean, even adults now. So, um, yeah. Thanks. Those are all really good. Yeah. Really good thoughts, you guys. You know, I mean, every every child is different. And just looking at you two guys, I mean, you guys are really bright and smart and you guys uh, have a level head on your shoulders. But, you know, looking within yourself, what gave you the know-how and the clarity to be able to make the right decisions when it comes to this? I mean, I can ask you right now, why didn't you decide to even give it a try? Um, and who do you credit for, you know, teaching you those beliefs, that belief system, who taught you to not follow the crowd? I mean, personally, what is it that kept you away from vaping and who do you credit? Um, for me personally, my father is definitely a big credit uh, for not using tobacco cigarettes um, or just e-cigarettes in general. Um, my father, my father's father actually used cigarettes um, on a daily basis. Um, I remember him telling me stories of how he smoked two to three packs a day um, because the company that he's used for used to, um, after you've collected a certain amount of packs, used to give you prizes. So they used to have this tobacco brands like pool sticks and dart like throwers and all these other things that they used to have. And he said he remembers as a kid, he used to have these huge trash bags in his house that had packs and packs and packs of cigarettes. And these weren't small grocery store bags. These were the huge heavy duty um, trash bags that were in his house. Um, and when my father was 16 years old, um, my grandfather ended up passing away from lung cancer um, and they found a golf ball sized tumor in his lungs. Um, and that was from uh, cigarettes, um, smoking all those years um, of tobacco and never finding a way to stop. Um, and I think that at that time, my father then decided that he was not going to do that because he didn't want to um, go the same way that his parent did and didn't want his children to experience the same loss that he had to experience at 16. Um, 
And having that experience from my father and him telling me stories of my grandfather that I never met really encouraged me to continue to stay drug free because of course, I don't want my uh, children feeling the same loss that my father felt, um, especially if he's willing to do the same thing for me. Yeah, and then as for me, I, I do have somewhat of a similar story as well. My grandpa was an avid smoker, a regular smoker, and I think um, my, my mother, um, or I do not personally remember it, but because he quit a while back, but I think my mom growing up uh, definitely felt the effects of it and got to kind of see it firsthand, and which is why she's kind of really ingrained in me my whole life, not to um, just not to start on these types of things because once you once you start, it's often um, much, much, much harder to get off of it. But um, mm -hmm. as for when uh, vaping came out, because it, it is only somewhat of a recent thing, she was very skepti skeptical of it, um, not with like, not too much information about it kind of out. Um, I think she just defaulted to um, her feelings about tobacco and the tobacco industry all these past years and was like, um, just don't even get started on it, right? In the first place, so. Well, I'm sure your parents are really proud of, of both of you, Nakia and Logan. And as we near the end of our podcast, if there happen to be any change makers out there that are listening, policy makers, what is the first thing that they should do? Say, for example, if Governor Ige is listening right now and he could make a decision today what is the first step that you would like him to take to address this issue? What is the one thing that you want him to do? Oh, that's a difficult question. I think that there are so many ways that Governor Ige or any legislator, could, uh, like things and ways that they can uh, do action towards um, cigarettes. I think one of the biggest um, attachments that youth really feel with e-cigarettes is flavors. Um, and because the youth council really has um, a favoritism with uh, flavors, I think that the first call to action that I do is ending the sale of all flavored tobacco products, um, including e-cigarettes, um, because I think that that is one of the first and major steps in protecting our youth from becoming the next nicotine addicted, addicted generation. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I would say exactly the same. Um, with 95% of smokers, like starting before the age of 21, it's really important to um, kind of address the root of the problem. And I, I believe the root of that problem is flavors and this targeting targeted marketing towards these younger generations who um, with this would grow up to become um, tobacco hooked and um, just live their lives on tobacco. And I think that stopping the problem before it it's even started with the banning of flavors especially the banning of the me of menthol which is that minty flavor inside of many vapes and e-cigarettes I think that would be the first and the best um, um, course of action for the governor to take how old do you have to be to um, purchase a vaping cartridge or refills um, Logan can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that we just moved the um, sale and buying of flavored to uh, tobacco products in general up to 21. I don't know if that does apply to e-cigarettes, but I do know 100% that cigarettes have moved up to 21. Um, and I think that there are there are plans for legislators to continue moving that up, but for right now it is 21. Okay, well, so you heard that the Governor Ige, if you're listening to 
take action on ban the flavored, the targeting uh, flavors of the vaping products to kids. Yeah, let's 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 stop that. So hopefully, if anybody is listening, you can get the word out. You have connections to Governor Ige. Whisper that in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know, as always, we like to end our podcast with an inspirational quote, and we're hoping to um, hear one from both of you. Nakia or Logan, whoever wants to go first. <laughs> I think Logan would like to start. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's a tough one. Um, inspirational quote. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say the only one I can give related to vaping Imua, is... Imua, Imua. <laughs> Imua, yeah. Do, do not start, Imua. <laughs> No, but for real. <laughs> um, I think just work hard, do your best, um, focus on school, um, don't stress, don't fall into the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yay! Right on, Logan. That's a good one. For being put on the spot. I'm sorry. Don't start. Yeah, Logan, Logan mentioned don't start. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, Before Nakia, time. we're going to put you on the spot now. I feel like I can't top Logan's quote. <laughs> um, or would you, what, what a message would you give to a, a youth out there? I think one of the biggest messages I can give to youth out there is to constantly learn, constantly grow, be open to education. Um, yeah, I think that that's one of the most important things that you can do for the rest of your life. Constantly open to learning and growing and improving yourself as a person. Gosh, I I feel like we should even be asking you guys for advice, you know, about how to raise our kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. kids, I need you to come over to the house and uh, have a workshop. (laughs) Yeah, but Logan and Nakia, thank you. And kudos to your parents who raised um, such a wonderful young man and a young woman and you guys and I, I'm I'm so excited to see what uh, what you're gonna do in the future. So kudos to your parents and kudos to you folks. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you yeah. so much. No, and thank you both for being here. So inspirational to see. Gosh, you know, at a young young ages, mm-hmm. you're well spoken and you're leading, and so continue to do that as you guys. Um, finish up high school here it's just the beginning it's going to be really cool to see what you guys do after this please keep in touch so we can celebrate with you yeah logan and akia just a big mahalo to all of us from mothership and thank you so much for planting the seed in uh the minds of our keiki because they are the future and so are you guys and the fact that you guys are already a bright beam of light is just so hopeful and inspiring and I hope Nakia and Logan, even after high school, I hope that you continue to spread the word and do good in our community because we just need more of that. We need more of these forces um, like yourself, making a positive difference and a positive impact in our Kiki's lives. So thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. And we wish you all the best of luck in your years after school. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for being on The Mothership. And to all of our listeners out there, thanks so much for hanging with us. And be sure to meet with us again on Mothership next week for another episode. And you can also touch base with us on our Facebook page. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. But until then, we're going to say take care of each other. Aloha. 
and don't try it, not even once. Right, guys? <laughs> That's Thank you, guys. I hear it, but they nodded and they were very, <laughs> yeah. very adamant about that. Like, don't even. Don't start. Right, Aloha. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks guys. Take care. Yes, we're gonna break up down.